up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Never once in my life have I been better uh, than I am right now. doesn't sound like her properly at all. And we went over this in the last episode. You know I don't love superlatives. I believe you. Today's the best day ever. Do you know I why, don't. Chris? I don't. Because it's Dad's Kitchen okay. Day. Okay. Uh, I know you like Thursdays, but there are better days of the week, I think. Name one better day than Thursday. Uh, Monday? Mon- Mon- I Monday. I can't even because think you of to go back to day. work. Do you, do you listen to Dubai Friday with Marilyn May? I have listened to several episodes, yes. Okay. You're a fan of it? I mean, you're a fan of Marilyn yes. Man in general. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's how that's, oh, that's how I good. discovered Dan yeah, Benjamin. Like Man. And if it wasn't if it wasn't for right, Marilyn Man, right, right. I would not have known of the genius that is Dan Benjamin. If it wasn't for Marilyn Man, I wouldn't have been able to to interview Dan Benjamin with you on the show. So thanks, Marilyn. Now, actually, what I was thinking that that you know what what put me in such a good mood today, Chris, is that. We get to wrap our sauces series. I don't know if I'm happy or sad because I have kind of enjoyed the the getting sauced line of episodes, I suppose. It's been a journey. One of my questions is what is next? Because this isn't the end, Phil. This is merely the beginning. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, we we have yet to begun. Is that the phrase? (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. We have have yet to begun. The tense is out of whack in that one. Also, it's late for me, so that's okay. Excuses. I've got some ideas for some uh, for some upcoming series, Siri, Siri I. I think we covered that, and I'm excited to talk to you about those. But we're not going to do that right now because we get to wrap sauces. It has been like a marathon, though. Yeah, I feel like the I feel like uh, the sauces like, have been with us for quite a while. Do you like this format where we instead of just like blocking them all together, we roll them out just like here and there? I mean, are you asking me personally or are you asking our audience? Because, mm-hmm. dude, I don't care about Because our personally, audience. yeah. I mean, you're my only audience. Why, Chris. Like, I have an audience of one and it's you. I feel you. like that's kind of why like, we, we've done this because I kind of I, I like spacing it out. I think it's good. I think it's great content. So, yeah. How about you, Phil? What do you think? Well, good. I think it's fine. It's just fine. Okay. Okay. Still don't know how to take your fine, but that's okay. I have been really excited about this one in particular, though, because it's everyone's favorite sauce of the five. And of course, what are we talking about? What is the fifth French mother sauce? It's ranch dressing. Not French dressing. That's the that's the fifth. Oh, have you ever had French dressing? Oh, yeah. There's like I used a, to love it. Okay. Have you ever had, um, I think it's called Dorothy Lynch? I don't know if I have. It doesn't sound familiar. It's like a French with like poppy seeds in it maybe uh, i don't know how i, I feel about know. that dude i grew up on that okay. stuff okay don't want to trash your childhood but sounds a little <laughs> you don't like gritty. ranch dressing no, i don't it's not my favorite really not my favorite i would take you never put it on pizza no i would take like a honey mustard or a french never, or like any type of vinaigrette really over that you've never folded a slice of pizza and dunked it no, in ranch that dressing sounds terrible i'm gonna be honest that sounds so gross it's like sticking your pizza in milk, just like heavy cream. Well, it's just... No, it's like sticking your chicken in buttermilk. Turns out delicious. No, you're not sticking a chicken in buttermilk. You're sticking bread and cheese in milk. 
What do you think cheese is, Chris? They belong together. <laughs> okay, well, you can go like take your piece of string cheese and dip it in milk before you eat it. I'll pass. The poor French, man. They take 300 years to come out with this list of five mother sauces, and this is what they have to show for it. This is what we've done to them. All they can talk about is Italian food. So, which is actually like a really interesting question. Obviously, we're talking about uh, sauce tomate or like, like uh, French tomato sauce. Sauce tomate. Yeah. What, Phil? What, what's what's the difference between this and like a tomato sauce? Okay, let me re- let me rephrase that. What's the difference between this and an Italian tomato sauce? I think everybody's rather familiar with something like a marinara sauce or a pizza sauce, mm-hmm. or maybe if you're getting like India Italian roots, like some Sunday gravy. What what's the difference between mm. a French sauce tomato and an Italian tomato sauce? That's the big question here. It is a big question, and it's a question that I asked myself way back when we had the idea for these episodes, because I was thinking, like, how do we do an entire episode on marinara sauce? Well, it's quite simple, Chris. We don't, because sauce tomato <laughs> is not the same as the marinara same sauce. No. Not, not the same. So I was, I was mistaken, and that's what this podcast is for. So Phil can learn how to cook. Okay, but no, seriously, the the biggest difference is that sauce tomate is uh, some aromatic vegetables like an onion and celery and maybe carrot, uh, like a mirepoix and some bacon fat. And then from there, you you add some other stuff like bay leaves and garlic and some veal stock, Chris. Yeah. And you let it reduce for like five days. Yeah, it seems basically. like a, a, a French tomato sauce is just a whole lot more complex there's there's a lot more going on ingredients wise and honestly like just in terms of the process cooking technique wise than uh i guess what you would think of as a traditional italian tomato sauce like the viscosity is much different than a traditional italian marinara sauce yeah so i guess like maybe like the easiest way to identify it would basically be the thickness well and you have so many different flavor elements coming into play with the French version. Uh, I guess it depends on what Italian sauce that we're talking about. If we're talking about a marinara, I, I typically think of marinaras as something that is a little bit quicker in terms of um, the process to make it. So it retains a lot of the acidity of the tomatoes and it, it tends to be a little bit brighter as well. So it's kind of like a, a tangy, bright tomato sauce where if if you're thinking of maybe like a deeper Italian tomato sauce, like a Sunday gravy or something like that. It's going to be simmered for quite a while, so it really reduces down. You lose a lot of the acidity of the tomatoes and the sugar comes out and does some interesting things. And maybe that's a little bit more closely related to the French version, but still it's like very tomato and herb forward. Really both of those. Like really, honestly, Mm -hmm. kind of like any Italian tomato sauce is going to be tomatoes and herbs forward where i think of like a french sauce as being more complex than that i think a little bit more nuanced thicker as you said i should also mention that the the french version of the sauce tomate also uses a roux which is pretty common in these five french mother sauces i think the only one that doesn't use a roux would be the hollandaise at least like the classical french Tomato sauce definitely uses a roux. I've, I've seen some recipes for kind of more modern that uses maybe more like a tomato paste to thicken it, but it's still, it's it's something that sure. adds a thickness, like a, a greater viscosity to the sauce. So it's not as like soupy runny. What if you added cornstarch or arrowroot That'd powder? That'd be wrong. 
to thicken the it French up. French don't believe in arrowroot. <laughs> Take your hippie crap out of here. Dude, we love using that stuff. Also, chia seeds. Oh, dude, I love chia mm. seeds. Okay, so I don't remember the exact recipe, but for a long time, we haven't done this in forever. For a long time, that was our breakfast. We do like overnight chia seeds with stuffing things in them. I don't remember what, but it was stuffing things in the chia well, seeds. Stuff and or stuffing chia seeds. Stuff in and things. things. In the chia seeds. So like uh, we'd put, I don't know, almond milk and let it sit overnight with some other things oh, in it. okay. Gosh, I don't remember what we'd put in it. So right after we got married, we went to Crested Butte for a few days. And then like we had our honeymoon later. But there's this place that we stopped at that was like this coffee shop, bakery, cafe thing all rolled into one. And uh, yeah, there's this this dish that had chia and other things probably. Nuts and dried fruit, maybe. Yeah, it was so good. I love chia seeds. Is the point of all of that rambling. Do you like hemp seeds? I like chia seeds. All right. <laughs> okay, so, yes, the Italians and the French, they may or may not have started a war over the differences between, you know, how, how they interpret this, this tomato sauce. But there is a difference. And like you said, it is more nuanced with, with the French version. As per all of cooking, I would say. Probably. I think, I think the French are uh, great at taking something basic and elevating it into something divine. Okay. Do you want to talk through like the super, super quick process of making this sauce, Phil? Yes, I do. I'd love for you to do Because like we, you, you kind of briefly hit on it. Really, it starts with, it starts with pork. And pork fat's like bacon, bacon fat. Everybody can get behind that, right? Literally. Um, You start by rendering the fat out of a salted piece of pork. And once you have that, that's like fantastic golden fat in your probably Le Creuset, because that would be the appropriate cookware for something that's French. You basically throw in a mirepoix to saute in that rendered pork fat. So a mirepoix, we have talked about it before, carrots, celery, and onions. And you're just going to soften all those vegetables so. together. Um, once you have that, you'll you'll add a veal stock. And if we want to get fancy, we can call it a bouquet garni, uh, some type of herb satchel. In, in some French cooking, they tend to like tie a bunch of herbs together to make it easy to like fish out. And that's what they call a bocaroni. Yeah. Uh, so typically right. something like thyme, parsley, bay leaves potentially. And then you kind of let all that simmer with the tomatoes and stuff and let it simmer for a while. And you can thicken it with a roux in a more traditional way or possibly just a tomato paste is, is something that I've seen used more commonly recently it's a little bit easier to do and then you just let it simmer for a long time and it really kind of the same thing as like an italian tomato sauce it reduces down but you do have some of those more complex interesting bases like the the mirepoix and the stalks and the pork all of they're just adding like this richness to the sauce and so I, I think maybe that's a little bit of the distinguishing factor between like a french version and an italian version where like a french version has has these multiple layers of of richness from the the pork and the stock that are going into the dish where the italian version it's it's light and bright and it can taste really fresh so the italians are light and bright and the french are dark and heavy maybe so maybe Phil. i don't know no uh we'll, we'll pretend that it's that way yep Okay, I do think that the like one of the reasons it takes so long is because you are using like a whole we'll call it a plum tomato. Yeah. And yeah, it just takes a long time for the acid to break down. Which I think is why the 
Italians are more acidic in their tomato sauce because they're not allowing it to break down. Okay, so do you want to maybe hit some of these derivative sauces? Yes. So obviously derivative sauces are the reason for mother sauces at some level. Yeah, all of these sauces that we've hit on the French mother sauces have these derivative sauces. You French mother sauce. And many of them are... (laughs) Many of them are, you know, what we... uh, Many, many of them were more familiar with the derivatives than the mother sauces themselves. So, yes, Phil. Which of those derivatives are you the most familiar with? Which of them am I most familiar with? I'd probably say the Creole sauce, which could be a Creole food cuisine down where I live. Yeah, and it's pretty tasty. So the Creole sauce basically takes your tomato and what do we do? We can add some sautéed onions, some celery, uh, so a little bit of a mirepoix going on there, some green pepper. Give a little bit of flair with the green pepper, some bay leaf thyme, red pepper, and garlic, and it's delicious. So of the other two, Chris, which one do you like? Oh, definitely the one with the tomatoes and onions, actually. That's the Portuguese? And garlic. Tomatoes, onions, and garlic. We should go to Portugal. No, it's actually kind of funny because all the derivative sauces have tomatoes, onions, and garlic. Are you sure about that? Well, I mean, the the actual sauce tomato has tomatoes in it. So any derivative is going to have tomatoes in it. (laughs) Naturally. But I mean, you only add then additional tomatoes to one of those three derivative sauces. But the other ones already have tomatoes. So they still have tomatoes. Yeah. This is a feisty little episode. If they have tomatoes when you start, then they still have tomatoes when you're going. Right? (laughs) It's a lycopene-rich sauce. So I don't know. I I I think the Spanish sounds like fungus to me. And so I'm going to go with the Portuguese. Yeah, because you don't like mushrooms. Nah, not so much. I, I have yet to come across a mushroom that I absolutely love. Uh, but yeah, like the others, Portuguese, like you start, obviously, start with the, the, the mother sauce, the sauce, tomato, and you're adding sauteed onions and actually additional chopped whole tomatoes. So you got like chunks of tomatoes going on and cloves of garlic and some more parsley. It's simple. And yeah, it's a sauce I actually Portuguese. think I have had a Portuguese okay. sauce. And then the other one on the list, we've got the Spanish sauce. And that's uh, pretty similar to those other two. Obviously, you've got your, your uh, sauteed onions, which the other two have, green pepper, mushroom, and garlic. They're all then in your sauce tomato and... You've got a sauce. Which kind of like stepping back to the pantry ingredients, onions and garlic come up in absolutely everything and impart a lot of flavor into really whatever you're doing. So those are those are a couple of things that you should always have on hand. We buy onions by the bag. Uh, you should always have onions and garlic. Both. Various types of onions even. I was at Whole Foods the other day and they had, I don't know if there was like a garlic shortage, but they didn't have garlic anywhere except... At the self-serve garlic station. Have you ever seen that at Whole Foods? Yeah, you can like peel your own cloves from the chunk of garlic. Yeah, and this is during COVID. That sounds questionable to me. Incredibly weird. I don't think that ours do that. I, I cannot say that I've seen that. Have you seen like the like the corn husking at the grocery store? That's the thing too? Yeah, like you can go, it is, you can like husk your own corn and, you know, like get all those, all those little fibers off, all those little hairs, so that when you bag it, you're not paying by, by weight. Like you're not mm, paying for what you would yeah. need. Apparently that's a thing, but I think I would rather do that at home. Yes. I don't know. I just feel like that's something I'd rather do at home. I feel like you're saving pennies, but that's fine. Yeah, that's it's fine. negligible. That's fine. If you need those pennies, that's great. Sure. Save those pennies. 
Safel, what might you use just the mother sauce itself for? I mean, I think you can serve it over pasta. Can you not? I've seen it served with like, as like a base for like eggs, which I think is a little weird. I could see some dishes where that's pretty good. What's funny is like this, this French tomato sauce works on everything that you would use an Italian sauce for. Would you spread it over pizza? Oh, I don't know, Phil. Like what, what, what would you use instead on a pizza? Oh, Chris. So Ashley found this new recipe. For, okay. we, we make a lot of homemade pizza. It's like, I don't know, I feel like when I first started this podcast with you, we would buy pizza on a Friday night. Lately, we've just been making it. And dude, listen to this. A can of the San Marzano tomatoes. You know, like those plum tomatoes? Yeah. Usually like top shelf canned tomatoes and salt. And that's it. That's it. Literally, that's it. And it's like the best pizza topper. Well, not topper. I mean, it's a base. It's like the sauce. It's so good. San Marzano and salt. That's it. You're putting it on top of the crust. So is it topping the crust still? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. So technically it is a topper. Maybe. Yeah. It depends it depends on what you consider the base to be, I suppose. Is the base the foundational element, the dough that holds everything else up? I might argue that or, yes, it is. Okay, so no no herbs or anything in your your pizza sauce there, just tomato. Dude, it is really tasty. Yeah. Just tomato, tomato and salt. And, salt. That's it. and you guys like reduce it down for a while Try or it. literally just mix it up and slap nope. it on. And... That's it. Okay. That's it. Just embracing the better ingredients there. Correct. I think I, I don't know if I'm trying too hard, but I think I'm like looking for ways to make life easier. I mean, in regards to cooking and it seems like it's working, you know? I don't know. I think there I is mean, something to thinking that. Thinking back to like the, the whole buttermilk chicken recipe. I mean, I, I don't think I ever would have gravitated toward that had I not actively sought after a simpler cooking process. And I don't know, like maybe that's maybe that's a dig at the French because they make this sauce tomat pretty complicated. I don't know if it has to be. Okay, so Phil is anti-French, first of all. And second of all, I don't know. Yeah, like I think there's, it's an interesting like philosophical question, I guess. I don't know. So, sometimes complexity can yield something that's better. But I do think that there really is something to things that are simple enough to be sustainable, especially, I guess, when it when it comes to things like cooking that you're doing every day. I mean, how can you make it easier on yourself to keep going? Well, you could put ranch on your pizza. I think I think there's something to like realizing what you can handle in life and adjusting accordingly because sometimes you just need to be able to do the bare minimum to deliver. That's like a terrible way of phrasing it. But I think there is something to what is the sustainable amount that I can like maintain. And that's not necessarily yeah. like a failure in and of itself, honestly. I don't think so. So like no, what is, so what's the balance? Like what's the balance between super fancy and complex and what I can do day in and day out? And maybe for me, that's kind of what it comes down to a little bit. And maybe I'm like overcomplicating the thought process on this whole entire thing, Phil. I don't know. But <laughs> that's just what it reminded me of. Well, if you don't want to overcomplicate the thought process, just keep listening to Dance Kitchen. We got you covered. So dearest Philip Daniel, in the interest of keeping things simple, if somebody had a question, a thought, an inspiring idea for another series that we should take on, or just wanted to say hi, how would they go about that? They should reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Dad's Kitchen. See Co. how simple that was? That was pretty simple. They could also send us an email. If they're feeling a little little spicier, they could send us an email, a little more complex, at hello at dadskitchenco.com. 
No, actually, Chris, you bring up a good point. I, I do have some ideas. I know you do as well on what some of those future series could be. But what do we know? We want to hear from the fans. And hear from you guys and, and gals and let us know what, what you would like to have covered and we'll cover it because we are here for the people. This is the People's Podcast. <laughs>